This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. Welcome. This is Bartender Journey Podcast number 126. My name is Brian Vincent Weber. Thank you for listening and, and welcome to uh, any new listeners out there. Seems like there's uh, quite a few new listeners, so we're very happy to have you. Welcome. Well, this is the podcast that talks all about bartending and cocktails and spirits. So uh, today on the show, we have the lovely and talented Natalie from the Beautiful Booze Cocktail Blog. I met Natalie at Tales of the Cocktail this year. I was sitting right next to her at a uh, lunch. It was uh, for Monkey 47 Gin, and a great time was had by all. Wonderful food, great cocktails, and good company. And uh, so I got talking to Natalie, and uh, she agreed to be a guest on the show. So that'll be the bulk of the show coming up in just a few minutes. Before I get to that, I want to say a big thank you to Matthew from Scottsdale, Arizona. He found our tip cup page on bartenderjourney.net and made a generous donation to help keep the show going. And uh, very much appreciated, Matthew. Thank you very much. Uh, he also was uh, the Scottsdale Matt that I mentioned. Uh, he le- left a nice um, comment in, on iTunes reviews as well. So uh, if you'd like to uh, help out the show and, and be like Matt, well, uh, you can find our tip cup page on bartenderjourney.net to help help offset some of the expenses associated with uh, producing this podcast. I was hoping to make it out to Portland, Oregon this year for uh, Portland Cocktail Week, but uh, it doesn't look like that's going to happen at this point. Um, But those kinds of things, you know, your your support uh, can help besides the fact that uh, we have uh, hosting fees and uh, internet fees and have to buy microphones and keep the lights on and all that. But it'd be nice to be able to make more more of these trips uh, during the year to the cocktail um, conventions, which would result in more content uh, that I would share with you. So uh, anyway, so the other thing is the uh, the iTunes reviews. Uh, that really helps out. It helps uh, other people find the show and uh, it helps us move up in the ratings and um, keeps iTunes and Apple happy. Uh, so uh, if you can uh, head on over to iTunes and you can leave uh, five stars being the most, you can give that the most not telling you how many to give i'm just saying five is the most you can give and uh if you want to write something nice uh that would really help out i'd appreciate it hey right now we're listening to roll jordan roll by the joy drops this week i also heard from walter and uh he's down in washington dc and he's the cocktail director for a place called the heights and he's also a member of the dc craft bartenders guild down in Washington, D.C., so uh, he uh, sent a nice email, but uh, he also <laughs> pointed out that my pronunciation uh, sucks, frankly, and <laughs> a couple of uh, things that I mispronounce. My pronunciation—there I go, there I go. Pronunciation in general is not good, uh, but I mispronounced umami, I believe is the right way to say it, umami. Nope, that's not right either. I'm going to let this uh, computer voice teach us how to do it. Umami. 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 So that's from the Cambridge Dictionary website. So uh, we're going to go with that. And the next one is Falernum. Did I say it right? Well, we're going to hear from an expert how to say it. Falernum, or known as Velvet Falernum. It's a spiced syrup that you see in a lot of tiki drinks or your favorite tiki bars. Or as I like to say, my favorite Harry Potterism behind the bar. Velvet Falernum. Well, that was Pamela Wisnitzer, and that's also hard to pronounce. And uh, there, there's a funny video on uh, drinks.com about uh, how to pronounce that particular word. And that's where Pamela uh, 
corrects everyone. I, I will I, I'll embed that video uh, up on bartenderjourney.net uh, so you can take a look. It's a funny, a cute little video. It's fun, and uh, you get the proper pronunciation there. And as Pam said, it's a spiced syrup. Uh, it's sweet, and it's uh, got a lot of clove flavors to it, and uh, it's used in a lot of tiki drinks. Hey, why don't we make a drink with falernum this week? Let's do that. I'm going to go get my falernum and uh, some other stuff. Be right back. I'm back. I mixed that drink up already. And, uh, yeah, I've been told I'm a fast bartender. That was pretty fast, huh? Anyway, uh, so I mixed up a drink here, and I used one ounce of silver tequila. I used the partita. I used one ounce of an aged rum. I used the uh, seven-year-old Ron Abuelo from Panama. I used uh, three-quarters of an ounce of lime juice. I used one ounce of lime juice. And three quarters of an ounce of Tippleman's Falernum. 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 <laughs> Thanks, Pam. Those Tippleman syrups are really good, by the way. And I, uh, I recorded an interview with the owner of the company, Joe Rea. He owns the company along with his wife, uh, Marlena. And uh, so, anyway, you'll be hearing that on an upcoming episode of Bartender Journey. Okay, back to the recipe. I used a dash of Regan's Orange Bitters, that's Gaz's Orange Bitters, and a dash of Angostura Bitters. And I shook that up and uh, strained it into a glass with crushed ice and uh, tall tall glass. I'll put a picture of it up on bartenderjourney.net. Inspired by uh, Natalie from Beautiful Booze, I uh, gussied it up with uh, some uh, with a strawberry and some basil. Oh, I put a little basil in the shaker too. Forgot to mention that. Doesn't, doesn't really come through so much, but uh, the basil garnish, you know, with a, with a straw, you kind of get the uh, aroma of the basil up in your nose as you drink it because um, the basil's sticking up out of the drink. I stuck the basil right into the into a strawberry, which I perched on the side of the glass. So, uh, yeah, take a, take a look at the picture up on bartenderjourney.net. I think it came out pretty good. Not as good as Natalie's pictures, though. And by the way, it tastes pretty good. So we have to give this drink a name, and you know what I'm going to call it? I'm going to call it You Don't Know My Mind. It's inspired by the song we're listening to right now with the same name, and uh, it's by Mildred Bailey and her orchestra. The grass is green, the mountains are blue. Mildred passed away in 1951. Here's a toast to you, Mildred. Cheers. Great tune. All right, let's do a book of the week. It's Setting the Table by Danny Meyer. If you haven't read this book, uh, you should check it out. Uh, it's all about hospitality, and it's about uh, business and management, and, and uh, really it applies to, to any business, to management, uh, the management techniques especially. Um, but it's a great book, and uh, here, I wrote down tons of notes, and uh, here's a couple of things that stuck out. Relating to management, he says, quote, you get best productivity from employees when they feel that management is open-minded, accessible, and welcomes input, end quote. Here's another one. Hospitality is hopeful, confident, thoughtful, optimistic, generous, open-hearted. And then he gives an example. Uh, guests are 20 minutes late for a reservation. What do you say to them? Do you make them feel bad about it or you make them feel welcome anyway? He talks about managers that have a general aura of mistrust. He says that mistrust breeds more distrust and then dishonesty. Bosses who mistrust set up a trap. The employees will think, if I can't please you just by being honest and good, I may as well try to game the system. That's true. I've been uh, on the receiving end of that (laughs) type of management. It's not fun and it's uninspiring. Oh, and my favorite line from the whole book, 
make new mistakes every day. Don't waste time repeating the old ones. Great line. But uh, he talks about how to handle mistakes. You know, mistakes happen in the bar and restaurant all the time. And uh, he talks about how to, quote, write a great last chapter, end quote. So how to uh, how to handle it so that uh, the, the guest feels uh, better about your establishment uh, than they would have if the mistake never happened. So that's, that's really interesting, too. He says to uh, acknowledge the mistake and honestly express your regret and uh, – but never use excuses, you know, oh, we're understaffed this tonight and blah, blah, blah. Don't do that. Uh, but uh, let the guests know how sorry you are and do something to correct it uh, right away. I think he gave the example of, uh, you know, four dinners come out and one is the wrong item and the person doesn't want to eat it. So it has to be sent back. So, you know, do something in the meantime to uh, to make that guest happy. So bring them out something that you can give them right away. Let's say, you know, soup. Soup's already ready. Boom, bring that out. We're sorry, we're making your uh, making up your dinner. It'll be out as soon as possible. The funny thing is, and he talks about this in the book, if you handle this situation really, really well, these people are going to tell the story. You know, it's a it's a f- interesting story, right? So they're going to tell their friends. You know, such and such got messed up, but next thing you know, they brought off the brought over this delicious cocktail, not just for me, but for the whole table. You know, whatever it is. So that's our book of the week, Setting the Table by Danny Meyer, and I will put a link up on bartenderjourney.net where you can click through to Amazon and purchase that book. And uh, just by clicking on that link and doing your shopping at Amazon, you help out the Bartender Journey podcast a little bit. Uh, the Amazon kicks back a small percentage of whatever you buy whether you buy that book or a different book or uh, you buy um, you know a pair of socks uh, it'll kick back a little something computer equipment and somebody bought a bunch of computer equipment uh, I appreciate that thank you very much and uh, that was that was great somebody just click through uh, the link on bartenderjourney.net and uh, buy whatever you need and uh, and it helps out the show a little bit all right so we did our cocktail of the week we did our book of the week let's talk to Natalie from beautiful booze Hi, can you hear me? I can. How are you? Okay, perfect. I'm just going to need a second to untangle what I have going on here. Okay. (laughs) All right, I think I'm okay now. Okay. (laughs) All untangled? Yes. (laughs) All right, great. Yes. All right, well, thanks for talking to me today. Yeah, no worries. We met at that Monkey 47 gin event at Tales of Cocktail. That was was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was awesome. (laughs) It was funny. It we were, was so good. They sat all us kind of podcasters and bloggers together at one table, and we we're like, "Oh, beautiful booze, that's you." And, and oh, uh, simple cocktails, that's you. I know it was crazy. It was fun. Yeah. I forget who else was there. We had, we had Greg from uh, Simple Cocktails. There was a guy that runs the cocktail programs at Kempton Hotels. Yeah, yeah. I was a little out of sorts. I went to I went to the wrong location. I would because they had an event like the day before at a different location, so I went to the wrong place. <laughs> I got there late and all sweaty, but it was, uh, yeah. but it was, yeah, it was a great event. That's, that's a good gin, huh? Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it really is. And, uh, they emailed all the, all the cocktails that they made at the, at the show, at that event. I'll have, I'll have to post those up somewhere so uh, people can see the, the great drinks that we had that day. I remember Pam Wittnitzer made one. It was really good. Yeah, they're really good. I know that a lot of people just like sipping it straight. Yeah. Well, that's the first thing I did when I sat down. I'm like, can I have a little bit of this neat? <laughs> I want to know what we're dealing with here. I find, I find that's the best way to really, you know, make good cocktails is you, you got to know what each thing that you're putting into it tastes like on its own, you know? 
Yeah, totally. So, but you're uh, you're quite the uh, photographer. You were telling me you 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 didn't really have any training as a as a photographer, huh? No, I just <laughs> picked up the camera and started taking cocktail photos. So I'm learning as I go along. Learning? Well, they look amazing. Those pictures. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> what kind of camera are you using? I actually use a Canon Rebel. Okay. So it's the very um, it's a simplistic camera. I. I shoot automatic and I just, it's like a package thing I got at Costco like five years ago. So actually just to take on traveling and vacations. And Uh then I was just like, well, I have the camera and I just started using it and it's been good. Yeah, that's a good camera. I had one years ago, the the film version of that. It was great. I loved it. Oh, wow. Yeah. I wonder, must be around here somewhere. I know. I know. I wouldn't have thrown it in the garbage. (laughs) How the times have changed with developing film, huh? Oh man, it's so funny because you you know back then you'd get a roll of thirty six film pictures or whatever, and that's you know that's kind of all you would do. You know, <laughs> you wouldn't take multiple pictures of the same thing, and, and so now it's uh, yeah, it is a whole different world. But yeah, but uh, so yeah, I really wanted to ask you about like if you had any uh, tips for people taking pictures of their cocktails because I do it all the time, and they you know pictures come out varying degrees of of good (laughs) so my process is the biggest thing and i've tried to cut down doing this but i take a ton of pictures because you know i'm not a professional and i have issues with getting stuff straight because i don't use a tripod or anything like that but my biggest thing with shooting cocktails is the lighting and so being in seattle right now is great because we have so much light but um when the weather turns bad and it's raining and dark, it's harder. So I've adjusted to using a light box, but I think natural light is yeah. like the best option. So I tend, and this is the problem with running a cocktail website, is you have to make the cocktails and shoot them and everything during the day usually. <laughs> so when you really want a cocktail at night is not when you're making them and you're kind of over making them. So <laughs> that's how that works out so yeah lighting i think is the is the biggest tip like having overcast day that's really good for lighting yeah yeah i've noticed that too. kind of natural light Mm -hmm. yeah i agree i agree with that and uh yeah the overcast thing can be can be better than full full full-on sun a lot of the times right yeah I try to avoid the sun so i i mean i shoot in different places usually on my front porch Mm mm-hmm Various degrees, but um, having the natural light, I think, is the, my key tip on why how I can make it a little bit more successful photos. Mm. Yeah, so I'm looking at them now. I guess uh, they're in, inside a light box, huh? The- um, none of the recent ones are. Okay. I use a background that's kind of like a neutral reflective background that's a grayish. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I like this. Your most recent one, mini cherry margaritas. That's really fun. <laughs> yeah, so those. Shots. Yeah, so those kinds of things are um, I've done outside on on that reflective surface, mm-hmm. which is also helpful with um, lighting because it reflects the light and the photos turn out better. Mm-hmm. Something I've always struggled with, and and it looks like you do you do it all different ways. You know, like do we want to shoot the picture straight on or a little above or from from totally above and looking straight down at them? But it looks like you do all of those things. 
I, I take a ton of pictures of every cocktail because I don't want to have to go back and make it is the honest truth. <laughs> but what I find with like putting my stuff out on social media is I do love how the looking down photo looks a lot of times with cocktails and styling the cocktail. But I find that those posts aren't as popular because people want to see the entire cocktail. Mm, interesting. But you do like to see, you know, the, t- the top of it a little bit. So if you shoot just uh, not straight on, but a little bit above, that seems to be the way to do it, huh? Yeah, you can shoot at an angle where you get the top and the entire cocktail in it. Yeah. And are you making up all these recipes? Yeah, I wow. have I'm just over 300 original recipes on my website. Wow. And the biggest thing that I love about my website is the recipe index. And so that part of my website has cocktails by spirit, cocktails by season, by occasion, by type of cocktail. So if it's a boozy milkshake or a frozen or blended type of cocktail, um, there's a ton of categories for people to go through and have every cocktail organized in a way that you can find the recipe very easily. And I love, uh, oh, you have beer cocktails too. (laughs) That's something I haven't really experimented with much myself. Yes. And yeah, flowers is something I've been thinking about lately. It's beautiful. And uh, so where, where are you sourcing these? They're edible flowers, I assume, right? Yeah. So I'm obsessed with flower garnishes. I think they make the cocktail very beautiful and they're edible. And it's something different than just using like mint or basil to garnish. Yeah. What's interesting is I've actually picked some like pansies. I know for sure edible. I've grown those myself. But you can also, in the herb section usually of some markets, they'll have an edible flower section. And honestly, that changes kind of weekly. Like sometimes yeah. there'll be roses in there and sometimes they'll just be like marigolds. Sometimes they'll, it's just a, a mix of things. Mm. I'm looking at your classic gin martini recipe with uh, those, are, those are really cool, tiny, tiny little petals. That that's really neat looking. Thanks. <laughs> so, uh, but the, uh, I mean, besides the photography that you're, you're like really styling these cocktails, I'd say, you know, or, or is that the right word? Styling, right? I think styling because I want to take something for the home bartender that's really easy to make. Pretty much a lot of my recipes are one ingredient cocktails. So I like to try to make something that is beautiful also. So I don't know, adding flowers or adding, you know, a cherry garnish or something seasonal and fresh just makes it appetizing and people like to eat and drink with their eyes. So. Having something visually appealing and something that tastes good, I think, is just the cherry on top. (laughs) I think that, you know, I just, I think that in there's so much information on the internet and you want to try to set yourself out there. And I think putting yourself out there is creating stuff that's different and new and stuff that's visually appealing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it and it's it is great for a party, say, to make you know six or eight of these on a tray. I, I see you, you like drizzle, uh, I don't know, it looks like burnt sugar syrup or something all around the the tray underneath the cocktail. That looks really cool. Yeah, and I think with parties, what's interesting is it doesn't take like I'm not saying yeah every single drink needs edible flour or whatever, but it doesn't take that much to make like a a spiked lemonade. And instead of just pouring lemonade and vodka together. 
you could just cut up some strawberries or something very simple that you may already have at home that's just going to make it look more presentable. Yeah. Well, it's the colors yeah. and the and the and, and really the contrast of colors makes a big difference, right? Yeah. You know, like the red, uh, you have your uh, cherry paloma here with the, you know, it's the the red's really offset by the white, um, I guess you used crushed ice there. And then you have an orange slice underneath that, you know, contrasting colors really make a great, a great, I, I learned, my dad was an artist, so I learned about that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's good to have contrasting colors and um, textures with the cherry Paloma. There's chopped up cherries in there and then it's garnished with whole cherries. Yeah. Um, so do you have different textures in there? And also when it comes to cocktails, like my biggest party tip is, you know, big batch cocktails, but also never run out of ice. That's like mm-hmm. such a huge thing for cocktails and parties. And, you know, even if you ran out of a punch or a mixer or something and you just had straight bourbon or booze, at least you could serve that a little bit on ice. But having a hot cocktail is awful. Yeah. <laughs> what did I, the general advice for uh, throwing a party is get what is it four times as much ice as you think you need or maybe i know there's never (laughs) enough ice so you need to either be close to somewhere you can get it or you need to stock up yeah yeah unfortunately that ice you buy in a bag is so garbage most of the time but it's better than nothing (laughs) no totally i've been have you experimented with uh clear ice at all I know some companies that make it here. Well, you can, I, I'll email you. The, I, I did a whole show with Camper English, you know, about Camper English. Yeah. Right? And his, his whole thing is about making clear ice. And I've, I've been experimenting uh, pretty successfully with doing it at home. And uh, it's not that hard. Oh, that's awesome. I've thought about doing that. I just haven't, I haven't looked into it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll, I'll email you some links so you can check it out. There's, there's tons of information on academics.com. Uh, that's uh, Camper English's site. Okay, awesome. I remember asking this question at lunch, but I don't remember the answer. Did you Did you go to that photography um, seminar at Tales this year? I didn't. <laughs> That's I missed what I thought it, you said. I, I, I mean, I wish I would have gone because obviously I'm trying to always improve myself and what I do to be appealing to my followers and readers. And I, it's, it's really nice to get different angles on the subject because everybody has a way of doing it. So it's good to learn from you know, other people that are doing the same thing. Yeah, sure. So what seminars did you make it to? I didn't go to seminars. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I, you know, I didn't make it to any of the seminars. The previous year was my first year going and I did a bunch of seminars. So I really wanted to focus on something different this year. Right. So um, for my readers and followers, for me, I felt like it was most beneficial for me to be and the social dynamic of tales. So going to all the luncheons and dinners and things that I got invited to where I could meet other people and try new things and see different cocktail trends and things that bartenders were coming out with. I think that's kind of my angle for this year and what I really tried to concentrate on doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were some of the trends you kind of saw coming out of tales this year? I saw a lot of stuff like I saw some and and this is a lot of like basic stuff, for example, like that my followers or readers wouldn't necessarily know about because I don't come from the bartending background. So for I don't know every single um, brand of spirits and rum and stuff. And I just saw more exposure of rums coming from more Central America and South America, like Zacapa and um, Diplomatico. Um, That's great stuff. You know, just seeing how how different rums are being done in different countries. 
as well as like um, the Angostura Amaro. I felt like mm. Amaro is making a trend like there's an American Amaro and then the Angostura Amaro beyond just Italian Amaros. Yeah. So that's another thing that I kind of pick and, and saw. And overall, I would say I feel as though cocktails are going from the home bartending side of things. And at tells I saw this, just using more like fresh and local and seasonal ingredients to make cocktails versus just like um, mixers, just like overall healthier options for cocktails. Right. Yeah, I, I see that. It, it's always been, Tails has always been uh, focused on using fresh juices and things, but, you know, I, I see that too to make uh, making the cocktails uh, a little healthier, uh, fresher, and uh, and lower ABV also is uh, is a trend that's, yes. that's that's big right now. Uh, a lot yes. of a lot of new vermouths out there, which is huge, and uh, that that Amaro, the uh, Angostura Amaro actually won the. Uh, the uh, at the Spirit Awards um, best right. new product. Yep. And yeah, that's good stuff. I was at the launch party for that last year when they first announced what what they're you know they first announced it. So that was oh cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you attend um, the uh, any of the other cocktail conferences? I've only been to this one, but we do have um, well, there's Portland. Portland Cocktail Week, which I'm in Seattle and I haven't been to, but we have a craft distillery one here in Washington called Proof Washington and it's funny because it actually is the Saturday before tails Mm -hmm. so you get to start your boozing the weekend before but there's they have a bunch of distilleries from around Washington state that come and you can try their different and new spirits yeah so that's good because we have a lot of resources in Washington state a ton of distilleries the most in the US um, in our state so there's a lot of local stuff going on here and there's um, there there's a lot of people doing some really cool and fun different things nice yeah I've, I've actually never been to that corner of the country but uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping to go to uh, to Portland this year yeah for, for the cocktail for Portland cut uh, what do they call it? Portland cocktail week right yes yeah <laughs> they, they did something new here in New York some I don't know PR company or something came up with this to have a New York cocktail week or something it was more aimed at consumers you know and I guess you bought mm-hmm. a punch ticket or something and and it was uh, during the same week as tails I'm like who who <laughs> came up with this idea yeah like there's no bartenders left in new york this week <laughs> yeah oh my that God. was really well not well thought out at all i see you do a lot of uh grilled stuff too that's that's awesome i love that grilled oh. fruit grilled fruits in your cocktails yeah i think just like the seasonal thing um is good especially i just feel like there's an increase of people wanting to entertain more as far as summer goes because the weather is just so much better i mean especially because this winter seemed harsh i know for you guys it was super cold out there but out here you know it's always raining and uh dark so when we have good days it's always nice to entertain and with that um if you're outside, it's just fun to incorporate grilled stuff in your cocktails as with dinner. So I think that's always fun because you always tend to have leftovers of fruit you always need to use. Or the farmers markets have ton of stuff, have tons of stuff, especially with like pineapple and peaches and stone fruits that you can are really easy to grill 
they add just a fun, more like smoky flavor to your cocktail without adding anything else. I think your is your microphone run, rubbing against your clothes or something. There's a loud noise there. Oh, uh, sorry. Thanks. Okay. Um, I love this uh, spiked tequila watermelon on a popsicle stick. I'm making that for my next party. Definitely. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's always um, I come up with all these ideas because I'm thinking about what I have and what I'm what I have left over from things. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for me, it's like watermelon. You're buying like a huge watermelon. Yeah. Um, what are things you can do with it? And I made a lot of like watermelon juices just by pureeing watermelon in the blender and then straining it. Right. And I've done that with cantaloupe and honeydew, and they're just so good and fresh yeah. and sweet. Mm-hmm. It's just a, such a good mixer. But then it's like, well, what could I do to kind of um, use the rest of this? And I was just like, you know, I'm just sitting here eating straight watermelon. I might as well soak it in some booze. And I added that. Tahine. I don't know if you've ever had that, but it's no. um, kind of a mix of lime and chili. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's so good on fruit, especially watermelon. Yeah, well, I, lo- I love eating watermelon with a squirt of lime and some sea salt on it. So that's why I was like, this is right up my alley right here. Yeah, so a si- that's a, that would be a similar thing. So, it's, yeah, and putting it on a popsicle stick, people can just grab it and it's just... It's just easy, you know, it's boozy. Yeah. <laughs> and you, it's always funny to eat your booze, but um, <laughs> it's, a, it's just a fun idea for a party because it doesn't take any time at all. And yeah. then when you're done soaking it, you can take that tequila and put it in the blender and blend up some frozen margaritas. Ah, there you go. Good idea. So you're, you're cutting the watermelon into triangles first and then putting the, uh, soaking them in tequila, right? Yeah, it's just easier. Yeah, yeah, that sounds but be- that sounds like it makes more sense than uh, cutting a hole in it and trying to soak your booze into the into the watermelon the more traditional way. Uh, I've seen that. I, ha- I just haven't done it. Yeah, but I, I like this better. This, the, this yeah, it sounds easier and less messy somehow. Yeah, and I try to use all parts of of all the stuff that I buy, which is usually a lot of fresh fruits that need to be used. Mm-hmm. Uh, sooner than rather than later and so you know i'll cut a watermelon in half and use half of it to make like a watermelon juice like i said and then the other half i'm just like i want to do something different awesome well thanks i won't keep you too much longer but uh, i really appreciate it and uh so everybody knows it's beautifulbooze.com and uh same on same on uh everything else the instagram and twitter and all that yes it's all the same Yep. Very good. Well, everybody should check it out. The uh, especially if you're interested in um, uh, entering any cocktail competitions, you need to send a picture, and it better look good, you know. So that's uh, you need to learn <laughs> about this stuff if you want to enter any of these competitions, you know. Right, and especially I would I would recommend my website to people that really want to use like one spirit cocktails, you know, because a lot of bars. You when when you're trying to remake a drink you had at a bar at home, it can be harder because it needs a little bit of of like vermouth or amaro or something, and maybe you don't want to buy a whole bottle for that. Yeah, I try to break down on my website that most of my drinks are like one spirit, so the spirit is really just enhanced in the cocktail. Right, right, and uh, yeah, they are that. That's something else that uh, you know I have. I have a. I don't know if you can see me. I can't see you. I have a two. 
giant piles of cocktail books behind me. And a lot of them, you know, are, you know, I love reading through cocktail books, but uh, the amount of recipes that I actually make from those books is, is fairly small, you know, because there's a lot of either, whether it's an unusual ingredient or something that takes a lot of time or whatever, or ingredients that I just can't source or whatever, you know, but yeah, you're, right. most of your, I mean, I don't see anything here that's too crazy or hard to make at home. Right. And then I also, if you, some of the descriptions that you read through, like if it's a strawberry, this, or some kind of fruit, any, anytime there's a berry, it's just like whatever you have on hand. Like most of the time, those substitutions go hand in hand and it's whatever you have at home is going to work. So if it's a strawberry, something you could just add blackberries or something like that. If it's not as sweet, you might have to adjust some of the like sugar content or whatever in it, but it's good to have those flexible cocktail recipes where you can make substitutions right awesome well it was so nice to meet you uh yeah. if you make it out to uh if you make it to portland uh, i'm not sure that 100 percent that i'm going but uh maybe we'll meet up again there or if yeah. not in uh new orleans next year that sounds amazing <laughs> thank you so much for having me oh my pleasure thank you for coming on thank you so much all right natalie take care you too bye bye-bye some great tips there. Really uh, starts to make you think about how uh, how you're presenting your cocktail and uh, what you can do to to give it more visual appeal. You know, it's not just about the photography, although that can be important if you're entering cocktail competitions. So make sure you get over to beautifulbooze.com and check out Natalie's stuff. I think you'll enjoy it. Hey, don't forget to stay tuned to the very end of the podcast for our toast. It's a good one this week in the hospitality theme. Coming up on Bartender Journey in the future, there is, I have so much stuff already recorded. Uh, I have a lot of interviews. Uh, like I said, Joe from Tippleman's. Uh, I talked to, uh, I think next time we'll do the, um, the guys in Missouri that are opening a co- craft cocktail bar in a small town in uh, the heartlands of uh, America, right in the middle there, uh, where you might not expect to see a uh, high-end cocktail bar. We're going to do a Salute to Summer, End of Summer Tiki Drinks episode with author Nicole Weston. And uh, she, along with author Robert Sharp, wrote the book Tropical Cocktails for the Modern Bar, Tiki Drinks. Sort of like my Falernum drink that I'm drinking right now. Falernum. 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 That's it. Thanks, Pam. Again, my name is Brian Vincent Weber. Please feel free to get in touch for any reason at all. I'd love to hear from you. My name, uh, my email address is brian at bartenderjourney.net. And that's the website, bartenderjourney.net. And you can uh, find show notes and you can find uh, the recipe for this uh, kind of tiki drink I'm drinking here right here, right now. And you can find that video that I mentioned of Pamela. And you can find links to the uh, books that I talked about. You can find me on Twitter at Barkeep Tips. And please search Facebook for Bartender Journey and like that page. Like it. All right, our toast this week goes along with the hospitality theme of Danny Meyer's book, and here it is. Here's to our guest. Don't let him rest, but keep his elbow bending. Tis time to drink, full time to think, tomorrow when you're mending. Cheers, we'll see you next time on Bartender Journey. Mm -hmm.